The sixth parsha, parsha's kiseitze. Um, there's a Mordeka Yesaid I heard explaining the concept of Ben Sayra Moira, which seems very, very strange that you would be uh, killing a 12 year old boy in certain conditions, even though he's technically not Hayamisa because of what will happen later. So I heard this Svara that I believe it's an unbelievable Svara. Uh, but of course, we need to know that's not the real reason of uh, Ben Sarimayr. There's, there's deep secrets to every aspect of Tyra. We can't comprehend it. But Tyra is Kulay Taif, so we see sometimes the good result coming out of a particular mitzvah. It's similar to what the Rambam, the Rambam says in Mary Nevuchim about Karbonus, and he gives a reason for it, is that Karbonus, uh, that sacrifices was a big factor in, uh, in Avaydazar in those days, and the Karbonus that Hashem gave Klal Yisrael was to pull them away to, uh, from Avaydazar, and they'll use Karbonus to serve Hashem with that instead, as a sort of a substitute. And some Rishonim disagree very strongly with that svara, saying, how could you say something like that, to say that the whole site of Karbanas is just for the Eden to be uh, distant from Avedezara. And the, and the truth is, is of course, Karbanas has deep, deep, deep concepts in and of itself. Uh, but what the Rambam says is definitely a tremendous tayelas as a byproduct of the Taitzah of it, of removing um, practices of Avedezara that was a big nisayin in those days. So with Ben Sarimayr, I heard the following. In those days, um, before Christianity, before Islam, the Goyim had what we call paganism, serving various deities, various idols. These were Avedezara mamish. And the way they behaved was extremely cruel, extremely primitive, and uh, Canaan and Mitzrayim were the heads of that, but it, it was terrible all around. And in those days, it was a very common practice for parents to murder their children, to actually kill them, either because they were weak or you got, they got upset at them. And that was a very common practice in those days, when a parent got felt that the, they had full shlita, full control over their children, and if they chose to murder them, uh, they murdered them. And that was the practice those days. So what happened here? Torah comes around and creates, uh, Hashem says, that um, you want to kill your child? You can kill your child, but it has to go through Bestin. And in order to do that, there has to be certain conditions, and the, the, the parents have to go over you know, to Bezdin, and if Bezdin finds him guilty, he'll, they'll kill him. But the parent can't kill him anymore. It has to go to Bezdin. So what actually happened here is the Torah took away that power that parents had to murder their children and remove it from them and gave it to the courts and the courts be'etzim never killed them. Like it says, according to some Tanoim, that And that created a tremendous um, good in the world, preventing these terrible practices of parents murdering their children. One Yisait, also interesting, it says, 
I heard this Vart that it says that the, one of the conditions is in order to be a Ben Sarimayr, where it says, right? They're not listening to our voices, that the voice of the mother and the voice of the father have to be the same. If their voice is the same, then he could become a Ben Sarimayr and, and get killed by Bezdin. But if their voices are not the same, then he cannot. And one word I heard when it says, what does it mean that their voices are the same? That there's shalom between them. They have an equal voice. When the parents get along and there's shalom in the house, then the rishus and the bad behavior of the Ben Sarah Meir is not attributable to what the parents' behavior were. However, if their voices are not the same, meaning that they fight, they have different voices, and the parents fight with each other, there's no shalom, then the Ben Sarah is not chayef. Because what caused the Ben Sarah to stray was that separation between his father and his mother and their arguments. That caused it, not his etzim personality, his etzim rishus. So that's two uh, points that I heard, Ben Ben Sarah but again, another mitzvah in this week's parasha, when you um, plow animals, you could put two um, bulls together, but you cannot put a bull together with a donkey with one trow and, and have them plow together a field. And the Rishonim bring down various reasons behind this. Two of the reasons I'll state here. One of them is that Torah had Rachmanis, and knew the kaychais of a shur and a chamar. A shur is much stronger, much more powerful. The chamar is weaker. And by them putting them together, one of very strong constitution and one weaker, it could cause a lot of harm to the chamar. While if they're both chamarim or they're both shurim, then it could be, you know, equal strength, generally speaking, and um, and then it would go well. While over here, the Chamer would have tremendous amount of tzar working together with the Shur, who works much quicker and harder. That's one teretz. Another teretz bring down is fascinating because a Shur is malagera. It chooses cud. So even after it ate, it's, it, it comes back up and it chews, so it looks like it's eating again. The Chamer is not malagera. Once it chews and it eats it, it goes in the stomach and that's it. So the chamar thinks, that's a Lushan, may think that the shur has more food than he does because he turns to the shur and sees that the shur is chewing all the time. And the chamar sees, you know, I, I, I already ate my food, I'm not. And he'll have chalisha sadas. The donkey, the chamar, will have chalisha sadas. One of the Rishayim bring that down. I think I saw it in the Cheskuni, I could be wrong, but the Rishayim bring this Torah down. You see from here the tremendous chesed of what the Torah has on animals, and Madach on animals, certainly on people. Similar to the way the Tanakh stresses by the end of Yoyne, it says, Ubehema Rabba. And if Hashem has Rachmanis on a Ninveh, that has a great city, and Ubehema Rabba. Has a lot of animals. As it says, Toiv Hashem Lakoil. Lakoil means he's a good to everybody, including inanimate objects and vegetation and certainly animals and then, of course, certainly people. So, Eno Hanami, we spoke about this once before, that there are many Goyim, 
many Rishoim even, that have pity and mercy on animals but are very cruel to people. That is true. Nevertheless, the fact remains, though, is that to be kind to animals and not cause them unnecessary tsar is a tremendous mitzvah. You're preventing tsar balechayim, which is deiraisa, uh, according to many, and it holds, and and uh, it 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 um, shows a tchunas hanefesh of rachmanus that Hashem wants you to exhibit. And uh, it's brought down. Rav Chol Ber said this. A, tr- a very, very moving, uh, but sad, but moving story. It was uh, in one of these Hungarian towns, and there was deport- deportations. The Nazis were gathering the Jews and throwing them into trains and sending them to the east. And uh, there was one of these type of deportations where many of the Eden were gathered and they were thrown on these trains ready to go, and the other Eden that were remaining, I guess it wasn't fully liquidated yet, and some remained, some were taken, or were, were basically watching the train. They were crying, and they're going with cheering. They were crying because their relatives were being taken, and um, they're going with cheering. And then what he said was, is that one of the ones that were in the train and were, got, got to where a window was, yelled through the window to his neighbor and said, Moshe, Moshe, please do me a favor. Please go to my house and feed the chickens. I didn't feed my chickens yet. They'll go hungry. Please make sure to make sure they're fed. That's an unbelievable story where you have someone that is ready to go to his death and it's 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 a tremendous tragedy, tremendous tsar. And what is and and and, and everyone's crying. Mm-hmm. All the Eden that are outside around the train, uh, knowing that they're going to lose their loved ones now that were that were that were um, selected, and they're going about cheering many of them. And the one thing that this Yid has in mind when he go when he's in the train to yell to his the next Yid is, please feed the chickens; they're hungry. And um, that's unbelievable. And um, it's something to learn from. Another thing I saw, this was I saw in Torah Tavlin. I'll end off with this. This is not technically on the Parsha, but uh, he brings it down there uh, from Rav Shamshafal Hirsch, which explains why a person is called a Medaber. He's called a Medaber, a speaker, and it's brought down the Makar from Targum Unkelis, He's a speaking person. And Tzarechian over there, because why do we call Adam a medaber? Why do we call him a speaker? Yes, he's the only um, um, creation that could speak, but the ichor of a person is not the speech of it. It's his, it's his mind, it's his thoughts, it's able to reason. Things that animals, even the most uh, intelligent animals, don't have. It's not the speech that's the ichor. It's the seichel and the machshava that's the ichor. And the way what Roshan Shalfal Hirsch answered, he said that our thoughts acquire their precise meaning only when we try to express them in words. It is at that time when they are expressed and your thoughts are expressed in words that they gain their exact structure and are tested by the standards of truth. So in other words, even though dib, even this that Dibur reveals thought, makes it that the dibber, the speech, is really making the thought concrete. 
in this world and taking a form. So Yedibur is really machshava because that's the tachlis. The tachlis is, is to take your machshavas and to bring it into a positive form in this world, and that you do through the vehicle of speech. Have a wonderful Shabbos.